Welcome to the Health Communication Lab podcast with Alka Chopra, supporting you amp up your health communication skills. Hi, everyone, and a welcome to the Health Communication Lab podcast. We are into episode number four. So for today's episode, um, we are talking about empathy, all about empathy. What is empathy? How can you establish empathy? Now, the topic of empathy is actually really big. So I have split it into two parts. So part number one is uh, all about empathy. What's empathy? And there's another aspect to empathy that is empathy and patient safety. So that is going to be in at the next episode. That'll going to be that's going to be part two of the empathy episode. So for today, because we're talking about what really is empathy, um, and the guest I have has a whole lot of experience in, uh, you know, chronic disease, managed chronic disease, and I'm going to introduce her to you in just a few minutes. But before I start, I just wanted to clarify about what empathy is not yes we do talk about what empathy is but what empathy is not so empathy really is um, not agreeing with you know you don't have to agree with someone whatever they're saying it's so the empathy is just listening to them and really trying to see trying to be in their shoes and trying to think from where they are coming from empathy is also not pity it is not feeling sorry for a person it is not sympathy either Empathy is also not about liking everyone. You know, if you're empathizing with somebody, with your patients, that does not mean that you, that that patient becomes your favorite patient. No, you are only trying to understand where your patient is coming from so that you can help him or her in a much better manner. And empathy is not also equal to hugs. Hugs are good. Yes, definitely. Uh, But you don't hug your patients. But you do not want to cuddle them and you do not want to spoil them. What you want to, the feeling that you want to give them is that, yes, I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to support you. But at the end of the day, the decision is really there. So that is the autonomy that comes with when you are having a connection, when you're establishing a connection uh, with your patients. So with that being said, I will take you over to uh, Sally. So Sally Kirby is also a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator. And Sally works with the Central Local Health Integration Network here in Toronto. And she has been running self-management programs for a few years now. And Sally and me go back quite a few years together. We work together on several projects. And uh, Sally to me is an expert and um, like I really consider her as one of my role models. Uh, I have learned a lot from her, so it's been a wonderful experience, and uh, we worked together on some trainings and some projects as well. So here you go, here you have Sally, so without any further ado and delaying it, here you have Sally. Uh, Hi everyone, Um, today I have Sally Kirby as actually one of my first guests for this uh, Health Communication Podcast, so welcome Sally. Thank you, Alka. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, and Sally is a dietitian just like myself. And uh, I guess we go back about five, six years, I think. Is that right, Sally? Yes, maybe even longer. Longer, yeah. It's (laughs) it's hard to keep track of time, so it is, yeah. But it's been a wonderful journey learning a lot about health communication. We've done some trainings together. 
uh, we facilitated some group sessions, which has been a lot of fun and a lot of learning, a lot of mistakes. Uh, so it's been interesting. All right, so, so Sally, I will um, hand it over to you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us what you do, uh, what's your passion, and then we will dive into the topic. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm very pleased to be here. Uh, my work involves training healthcare um, professionals in, um, in communication skills, uh, predominantly uh, motivational interviewing and um, behavior change support. And one of the things that I'm really interested in also is um, how do we convey empathy uh, with our patients. And so I'm really pleased to be here and talking about empathy and how we can, how important it is, and how we can perhaps um, uh, be a bit more um, uh, uh, aware of, um, of, of how we are with our patients and how we are connecting with them. Yeah, because empathy is really the I'm going to say the foundation of um, of a relationship, like a patient-provider relationship. So it is very critical to any any interaction that you're having with your patients. Yeah, absolutely, Alka, and it's usually foundational in most of our um, uh, provider, um, you know, ethics and and how we connect with people. That we want to be non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. And we want to be, um, uh, you know, showing that we, um, we are, um, are understanding uh, our patients, where they're coming from, or at least trying to, to understand. So empathy is about putting ourselves in someone else's shoes. It's really about perspective taking. And, um, and this, is, uh, this is where um, we, we need to be honest with ourselves. And we really need to kind of think about uh, where we're coming from when it comes to communication with our patients. What really surprised me um, with, uh, with learning about empathy was that, that there were kind of two kinds of empathy because sometimes empathy gets a bad uh, rap. Um, and, and that's when we actually start to feel what our patients feel. Uh, and, and what happens then is it's called effective empathy. We're feeling what others feel and, um, and it, it, it leads to burnout. It leads to compassion fatigue. So what we need to do is um, really focus on the other kind of empathy, which is cognitive empathy, um, where we're really um, consciously taking, um, taking uh, a view of the other and perspective taking. And, and it's interesting because empathy is hardwired into humans. Um, we, we uh, you know, the first signs of um, kind of thinking about others and, and their perspective happens, you know, at about two to three years old. And it really enables us as humans to connect with each other and help each other. And, um, and so it's really an important piece of anyone who's in a helping profession because uh, w without it, we, we don't relate. 
So, um, so that's, uh, that's kind of um, really, uh, really important. So I would say the definition would be, um, it's all about perspective taking, um, about putting ourselves in someone else's shoes. And it's um, very helpful to counter um, bias and judgment, uh, which is really toxic to a um, to a, a professional relationship. Mm -hmm. So you said three um, like three very important points in this whole um, in this whole discussion. So the first thing was you said it's very human, right? So being uh, emphatic to um, another person is like it's in, in it's ingrained in us uh, that we empathize with. Uh, with human, with another person, maybe who is, who's happy, who's sad, or is going through a rough time. It could be, it could be just anyone, right? However, <clears throat> when we have a healthcare professional, as a healthcare professional, when we have patients in our offices, the whole, I'm going to say, the whole the stage is different because the person, the patient has come to you with some challenges, with some specifically health challenges and because in my practice i see a lot of chronic disease men chronic disease patients who are having even mental health issues as well so then the the, the empathy takes such a larger uh, picture over there right and then you mentioned bias and judgment those are so i mean so important because when we have everyone has biases right we all are we all are from different cultures different traditions we all grow up differently. So the bias in judgment. So are you saying, Sally, that um, when we practice empathy the correct way and quote unquote the correct way, uh, you are able to, you know, overcome the bias in judgment? Yes, um, we can teach ourselves the skills that we need to um, to uh, convey empathy in a way that counteracts bias and judgment. And you're absolutely right, Alka. I mean, the thing is that we all have um, uh, unconsciously or consciously um, biases and judgment. And unfortunately, very often, they're unconscious. We don't realize it. So one of the first things we need to do is to actually listen to ourselves in a sense to mm -hmm. reflect on our own practice and on our own thoughts we need to notice our internal and external cues when it comes to our patients and people we're seeing we need to be very sensitive to what we're actually experiencing and feeling because when we bring these biases or, or our uh, uh, unconscious or conscious um, uh, cues into the open, then we can deal with them. Then we can say, well, you know, I'm feeling like this and I learned, you know, that this is what I can do to um, counteract uh, this bias so that I can actually um, convey empathy in a professional and um, connecting way uh, and so connect better with my mm -hmm. patients. Mm -hmm. And would you also say that empathy really uh, paves the way for the future of the conversation or the interaction uh, that is happening between the patient and the provider? Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely, because it's all about um, understanding where the person is from their perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, when we when we do that, we can connect uh, in a in a, a more healthy way, and we can actually start to um, really listen. And and this counter, we'll be talking about patient safety later, but this really impacts patient safety as well. So mm -hmm. I think you know certainly one of the the key things is to listen to where we're at and um you know listen to ourselves and our biases and then we can um you know start to counteract them and there are things that we can do um we can um you know view patients from where they're coming from where their perspective is um, we might also um relate to something in our own lives that we've experienced and um, and so that makes us feel, you know, more connected without saying anything. We can mm -hmm. think, well, yeah, I, I have a dad who's older and he's, you know, in our minds, we can say that he's kind of going through a lot. So in a sense, you know, we're connecting, we're, we're kind of uh, without judgment. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the key important yeah, thing because we're all human you know right. i mean yeah. someone may come into the office after catching two buses and they've been in the pouring rain yeah. and their appointment was uh, delayed and then rescheduled we never know where patients are coming from that's and right so, um, being open and um sensitive to that um is really um is really a huge a huge uh, has a huge impact on communication mm -hmm. so yeah. now um that actually goes um it you know it leads to the my next question um so now what happens is that we, as providers you know we have our deliverables uh we might be having back-to-back -back patients and sometimes in that um you know in that mess i'm going to call it the our work mess we sometimes forget the empathy piece and we make mistakes as providers right so what, uh, so what in your practice, in your experience, what are some mistakes that healthcare, healthcare uh, providers might be making uh, when they're expressing empathy with their patients? Well, I think one of the most important ones is to actually, uh, in our greeting, when we first meet our, um, our patients, we can help um, uh, convey our, um, our, uh, you know, our, our, our uh, empathy and how um, we want to help by our greeting. You know, I mean, it's really important when we when we meet someone to um, to acknowledge them, to say their name, to smile. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, on the situation, we may shake hands, but that first initial meeting with someone is so it's so so important. Mm -hmm. Our tone of voice. Um, just taking a few extra seconds yeah. to um, acknowledge the person, maybe acknowledge the person they're with, um, to to smile, make eye contact, all of those things. It takes such a very little time, mm -hmm. but it's so crucial um, that we uh, we make that first 
impact. Um, we convey our warmth and we convey safety. We convey that, you know, I'm a person that's kind of going to listen to you and I, I care about what's happening to you and I want to help. Mm -hmm. And that can all be done in, you know, just those first few seconds of, yeah. um, of meeting someone. Um, so I think that's a mistake that, you know, uh, people sometimes make when they're rushed, they just kind of quickly escort someone to the office and they don't make eye contact. <laughs> they think they mm -hmm. can kind of catch up later, yeah. but it's yeah. a missed opportunity. Right, yeah. And, uh, it, it makes such a difference. Yeah. I think you know, uh, something that I have found um, which really has helped, you know, establish that initial connection is that sometimes you see, like we live in a multicultural country, and we have people from different, different cultures and their names. Sometimes they might, I might not know how to pronounce a certain name, you know? So oftentimes what I will do is I will double check with the person, with the patient that is this how you pronounce your name? Absolutely. Alka. So, yeah, yeah. So I've had uh, some of my patients come and say to me, oh yes, Alka, no one has ever asked that, has never said that to me that, Am I pronouncing your name correctly? It's just a small gesture um, and a small step, but I th I personally think it goes a long way because a name is like the name I think is the identity of the person. So if you pronounce it correctly, the right way, it just makes uh, it establish a really strong bond with your with your patients. Yeah, ab absolutely, Alka. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot in a name and taking those extra few minutes to learn yeah. to pronounce it properly or even ask them, what would you like to, what would you like yeah. to call you? It may not be um, the name written or um, certainly um, it's, uh, it, it's very, um, very important to mm -hmm. uh, be sensitive to the perspective that the person is coming from and certainly their name is, is in there as well. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And some yeah. patients will also like to say, oh, well, this is my name, but I like to be called as, I don't know, Sam or Mel or what, whatever it is. Um, and what I also do is I actually put it into my chart notes. Right. So right. that you've got it there. Exactly. Absolutely. So it is put, it is either, maybe I can put it as in, in, you know, in the demographic area, you can put it as alias type of thing, which kind of is a reminder because we get lost uh, and someone like me, I'm not good with names. I don't remember names really well. I don't remember faces. So it is a reminder to me when I see that, okay, yes, that this person likes to be called by so-and-so. So that, that I, uh, yeah, that goes a really long way also in expressing, you know, the, em the empathy and the connection really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our first <coughs> meeting with a, with a patient is um, really important. I think there are other things that we can do around language mm -hmm. that, um, you know, will avoid um, making mistakes and um, certainly in healthcare we're really bad at using stigmatizing language now we may mm. use it with the patients mm -hmm. but we use it with our fellow um, healthcare providers mm -hmm. and that's bad because it it already biases us before we've even met the patient so mm. um, 
you know, if someone says they're non-compliant before you're going in to see them, it gives yeah. you a, a, a judgment. So, right. um, you know, whereas really the patient is just um, not taking the medication and there may be all kinds of reasons why they're not doing that. Right. Or, um, you know, um, the, the patient, you know, claimed this, you know, with very judgmental words, um, rather than saying the patient, you know, said this, you know, this is what they feel, this is what they said. So I think um, we've got to be very careful about stigmatizing language, even before we meet the patients um, mm -hmm. from our fellow co-workers and try and, um, uh, and, and not do that, consciously make an effort to right. be very careful in the words that we use. Um, another thing that we can, we can do is acknowledge the person's feelings. Um, mm -hmm. you know, certainly we can match um, uh, our words to the words that the patient is using you know if they say they're really frustrated we we may want to repeat that oh, okay um, and mm -hmm. acknowledge that they're feeling frustrated mm -hmm. or we may want to um you know say something loud sounds like you're scared if mm -hmm. uh, you know, of what's going to happen in the future so we're kind of using um language that um is based on us listening very carefully to where they're coming from in a non-judgmental way and then acknowledging their feelings. Okay. And then when we've done that, when we've acknowledged feelings, it's very important that we don't do um, what we're kind of <laughs> the, um, you know, what we're often programmed to do, which is the helping reflex. So, okay. you know, we don't, necessarily yeah. want to give advice when someone's going through a hard time they may just want space to just say where they're coming from right and we need to resist giving advice or mm -hmm. um you know responding to their feelings with facts mm -hmm. um you know um so facts it, you mean the facts that the patient is uh, sharing with you those facts? Well, they may say something like, you know, I'm really frustrated, you know, I've been waiting, um, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, 45 minutes um, for this uh, test or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And then we respond with facts. Well, it usually takes 45 minutes for us to respond. Okay. <laughs> that is not... Uh, an empathic response what we would better say would be yeah I can understand you're a bit frustrated with the wait times um, you know we're doing all we can with that mm -hmm. or we're you know I understand it's, it's 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 an anxious time for you so we're responding to the way they're feeling we're not kind of just coming back with them um, with, uh, with facts, because then we're not really seeing it from their perspective, from mm -hmm. a perspective of being scared and from a perspective of being um, uh, anxious. Oh, okay. um, you know, we may, um, we may try and reassure someone there's nothing to worry about, but really they're worried. So we might want to, you know, I can see that you're really um, worried about this. Mm -hmm. um, then maybe even ask them some more questions, but we're seeing it from their perspective rather than just trying to um, flippantly say, 
you know, some, um, you know, sort of something that really isn't, isn't meeting where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very, kind of very good at, um, you know, doing that, you know, or we'll discount, we'll say, oh, let's just move on, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's lots of ways where yes. miss opportunities to be um, mm-hmm. empathic in, in our language. Yeah. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, Sally. So you, uh, so you mentioned, like, for example, this person who's waiting in the waiting room has been waiting for a long time, and that person comes in, and you say, okay, I understand, and dot, 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 whatever you want to say. So here's, this is what has happened with me. So the person says, no, you don't understand. How would you respond there? Well, I would, um, I would ask, you know, I would say, um, you know, I, I, please, you know, can you, um, can you explain, um, you know, your perspective? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, you're right. I I don't understand where you're coming from. Um, You know, maybe we don't know each other very well, but if you can, if you can explain it from your perspective, um, you know, I will do my best to sit here and listen to you. A bit of clarification um, over there. Yeah, exactly. And your tone of voice and your... um, uh, your whole body language of of, of being of being open um, and um, you know if we've made a mistake or we've you know they've kind of thought that we were being um, you know discounting then that's okay we can say you know uh, you know I'm sorry um, can we uh, can you can you explain a little more so that I, mm-hmm, I understand? Okay. We yeah. can um, we can certainly go through that process of um, uh, of a reconnecting and rebuilding because we do make mistakes. We're mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, sometimes, especially if someone's um, angry, um, you know, coming into the office, we can we can you know have our defences up. So therefore, again, being aware of our internal cues mm-hmm. and our external cues are really are really important to um, recovery and building the relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I was reading an article actually a few, um, a few months ago in that they had addressed this understand piece uh, in a very interesting manner. So like what we were just discussing, but the patient says, no, you don't. So instead of using the word, I understand, if you can say it is understandable. Yeah. 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 So oh, that, yeah. yeah. So that really changes the whole scenario and you can just say to the patient, you know, yeah, it is understandable that you will, you've been waiting in the room for 45 minutes and so on. So that sometimes just changes the, um, the perspective of the person uh, uh, and it, it, it helps. And I've tried that myself and it actually works. Yes, because you are trying to see it absolutely yes. from their perspective. Right, yeah. And they can yeah. sense that. And yes. that, is a, that is a huge yes. key. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You have any more tips for expressing like real, like real empathy? Um, well, I think um, certainly using person-centered language okay. is, um, is uh, you know, very, very important. Um, and, um, you know, there's, um, there's uh, you know, lots of um, things that we can do to... Um, 
you know, in terms of what we've been learning, actually, similar skills to motivational interviewing is that you're using your oars, you're opening uh, open-ended questions, mm -hmm. and then you're listening um, and reflecting back, and you're trying to see things from their perspective. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, again, um, using um, affirmations, okay. uh, building someone's, uh, you know, when we hear someone's story, building on their strengths, mm -hmm. building on, um, uh, uh, you know, things that we've heard um, uh, that show what their strengths are and then reflecting that back to them. So all of those skills build and convey um, empathy um, as, as well as, um, uh, you know, our, um, you know, sort of... Uh, uh, all our other other skills. So um, I think um, you know we can certainly. The affirmation is really important that we try somewhere in our in our language and our time with someone is to you know affirm them and their strengths and mm -hmm. um, you know that's very uh, shows shows empathy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you mentioned ores. You want to just quickly, um, or, you know, just tell tell uh, the listeners what's ores. What does that mean? What does it stand for? Okay, so um, ores are uh, stand for um, open ended questions that we try and gain a, this patient's story rather than closed-ended questions. Mm -hmm. um, the A stands for affirmation, that we use affirmation to affirm the patient's strengths. And, um, uh, and that's very helpful in uh, moving conversations forward and building a person's um, self-worth and self-confidence. Mm -hmm. um, R stands for reflective listening, that we're, um, we're uh, reflecting back what we're hearing. We're taking the time to hear the story and reflect it back. Um, and also it gives the patient or client a chance to ag agree with the, what we've said or not agree so it really helps communication in terms of understanding each other's perspective mm -hmm. um, and then finally s stands for summaries that we can summarize um, what we've done in the appointment and um, we can summarize what we're hearing and that helps the patient as well understand a little um, as what we know and also maybe redirect the conversation in a in a way that's helpful and moving moving forward mm -hmm. okay all right okay so i think we covered quite a few things anything else you want to add um, until we end this interview uh, no, I just want to say and encourage people to read about empathy. Um, there's a lot of uh, uh, books about it um, and there's a lot of research articles. It's certainly something that we're realizing is really important to a, um, to a uh, patient-provider relationship and, mm -hmm. um, and also reflective practice to mm. reflect on what we're doing how can we do it better yeah. yeah do you do you recommend any specific resources uh sally 
Um, I will, I have to get back to yourself. Yeah, that's fine. But um, certainly there are some uh, good books and, um, and I think, uh, you know, sort of reflective practice is something that we, we should do regularly on a regular mm-hmm. basis, mm-hmm. reflect on how we're going, what goes well, what didn't go well, how can mm-hmm. I do better? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. I think that just clarifies, I, I'm going to say that this is just the surface of empathy. Uh, oh, yes. if, yeah. yeah, if people want to go dig in deeper, uh, definitely, um, even I'll look up some resources and, um, you know, put it as like a resource list. Uh, with, yes, with this, with I could podcast. help yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that if uh, people who want to get into more, uh, you know, deeper into what empathy is and, and really, uh, really, because we know that empathy is the stepping stone for any patient provider relationship. So it, it, it's worth looking into. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Alka. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sally. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>